Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andres Podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. I am a man who is in the Midwest of the great state of Michigan. Uh, it is Wednesday night. It is uh, pre-draft night. So draft is on a Thursday, and it starts at 8 o'clock on ESPN. And it's a very exciting time for Detroit Lions. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Lifetime fan. Just want them to win one championship, one NFL championship, one Super Bowl. That's all we ask. Just one. So let's talk about the path that we're taking for Detroit this year. From last year and the year before. Now, Campbell last year... He did an improvement from nine and eight. Uh, Campbell lost. Well, we Detroit Lions. We lost a couple of close games. We had a couple of bad calls on us again, but we're improving from the first year of Campbell. That was three and thirteen and one. Uh, Campbell from two thousand twenty-two started one and six. Now, in the past, I've given Campbell a lot of crap a little bit by his over-exaggeration about being super macho and super masculine. Um, I've always thought that Detroit needed an alpha male. And when I thought it as an alpha male, I would think more like a more of a father figure, disciplinary, fair and respectful person. And what we got is Mr. Campbell. And he's a little over the top. He's a little bit like the WWE character or personality. But I must say this. The players really like him. They're, I The players, you know, I think it took them time to get used to his style. Uh, I think he's a huge Metallica fan, obviously. Uh, James Hetfield made a little tweet or sent uh, Campbell a message. And how inspiration that was that they're using Metallica music in the locker room during practice or pre-practice or after practice or whatever Campbell wants to, wants to listen to Metallica. So I will say this about Campbell. I think he's finally catching on that he doesn't have to be this over-exaggerated uh character uh i think that the lion players are going to have an exciting season this year if they can get to a fast start now i would see it if they could get to a three and one record or a four and two record or even six and three or six and four going into the week 11 uh, I do think that the Lions do need to get into a position that they don't fall behind. I don't think they're they're going to re- really be a team that can always make little, little comebacks and have a one and three record or two and four or four and five. Look, if they get into position where they're four and five or five and five. I think you can consider the Lions very lucky to be at 5 and 5. 
But I do think based on the talent that we have on this team, it's going to be very challenging. Now, in the offseason, we've had a couple guys that got into a uh, been on football, been on NFL games, or been on other sports at the Lions uh, facility. I think someone like Campbell that went over his head, he didn't realize that players could possibly do that. I think everyone knows that you can't gamble as a professional athlete because it's a, it becomes a struggle of interest for your team and for the National Football League or any any league that any league that you belong to. Now of course we have our rookie or second year uh uh wide receiver from Alabama, Mr. Williams, who got caught up in that as well. It's called maturity. I think that you know in some ways Campbell's going to be kind of have to be that hands-on kind of guy that's going to have to not just walk around and talk about being pumped up and being Mr. Macho and all this stuff, but I think he's going to have to get more personal with his players about how how they're doing, how's life at home, uh, is everything going all right, uh, anything more like a family member or a father figure would have to talk to the players in that sense. I think that's something that the Lions coach is really going to need to do very well of this year to get ahead of schedule. But by ahead of schedule, I mean they need to be at 3-1 or 3-0 and or 4-2 and or whatever you want to go into to the 10th week. I really do think that's possible. Now, I will say that in the offseason, Detroit did make little changes. Uh, of course, I think the mode of the team for the offensive line and offensive players and maybe the locker room, they got rid of probably the most key player on that team is Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson. Now, Jamal Williams decided to to reject the contracts of Detroit. And, and TJ Hawkinson was traded in the middle of the year uh, I think that chemistry thing is very important for any team. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson didn't do so well with uh, Kurt Cousins and Minnesota Vikings. But I do think one thing, one strategy I think they need to do, if if the Vikings are falling apart and let's say they drafted a quarterback and they throw that, and they throw that rookie quarterback in the picture, I think you could actually ask for T.J. Hawkinson back. I really do. I really think that's possible. I think a lot of people are going to laugh at me when I say this because they're going to say, well, we don't want to pick up another contract. We don't want he's going to be on a free agent next year anyways, and we're not going to pay for his contract. But hear me out. Hear me out. If the possibility that T.J. Hawkinson's out there I think Detroit should grab him because it's, if Jared Goff likes him and the offensive, like, offensive line guys like him, he's going to be a fourth or fifth receiver. He may not be a great blocker. He might be a decent blocker, but he's got good hands. He has a good feel in the football field. And Jared Goff 
seemed to go to him when they were struggling on third down and five or third down and sevens or long distance from the first downs. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to get Jim Williams back because the whole contract stuff. So let's forget about that. So, well, let's do this. Let's compare uh, David McNugbury that we got. It's basically the same amount of contract uh, uh, money-wise that we would have just paid Jamal Williams for. Uh, Detroit's looking for a more receptive reception uh, running back, I guess. Um, for example, let's just go with this. So David McNamory, 2022 with the Bears, had a total of attempts of 201 yards, I mean 201 attempts, 801 yards, an average of 4.0 per carry, five touchdowns, and then receiving, he had 34 touches or receptions for 316 yards and 9.3 per catch. And then career-wise, he had 915 attempts, 3,000 yards, 3.9 average, 26 touchdowns, 80. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. So then we'll go to 155 receptions, uh, 1,248 total yards, uh, 8.0 average, four fumbles total, and six losses. I'm sorry. He had full. An average of four yards per touch for reception, but that doesn't make sense. But he had a total of four fumble, six fumbles through his career in six total loss. Now, what does that mean to me? That means he's got better numbers. He's a little younger than Jamal Williams. So a lot of people are going to say that. But here it is. Jamal Williams, 2022, he had 262 attempts, 1,066 yards, 4.1 average per carry, 17 touchdowns, which is really great for Detroit. And I think it broke a record with Detroit's Barry Sanders. So that's something to talk about. He had a total of 12 receptions, 73 yards, 6.1 an average per catch. And then he had three total. He had three fumbles and two lost. And then when you go with a total of his career, he has 915 attempts, 3,652 yards, 4.0 per carry. This is all his career right now. And then 30, tu 30 touchdowns total. He has 160 total receptions with 1,191 yards. So he averages about 7.4 per catch. And then he has four, four total fumbles and, and two total losses. What does that say to me? That says Detroit has a lot of issues with Jamal Williams. Now, I'm not going to call him out. I'm not going to call anyone out for their personal 
uh, life. But I do think Jamal Williams is getting a bad rep from the coaches, from his personality. He's a little flaky. He's kind of goofy. He's, you know, one of those guys that, you know, everyone likes, but he's different. And I think if they got rid of him because he's a little different, I think you're being a kind of a nuisance to the any type of franchise. Now, if you're a franchise and you get rid of a guy because he's a little loopy, I think you're mistakenly bad. I don't think you should get rid of him. I think the chemistry of the team is very important. If you got rid of TJ Hawkinson because you thought that you didn't want to pay him more money, but you could have made the playoffs with TJ Hawkinson, just imagine what we could have done. We could have won a couple more games that year, last year. But I guess it wasn't important for us to to make it to the playoffs. Let's hope not, Mr. Dan Campbell and the rest of the Ford family, because you're driving me crazy. All right. Detroit's weakest link is where? Safeties and cornerbacks. All right? So we got rid of, or we traded, I should say rid of, because that's, that's just me. We got rid of, or traded Jeff Akadua. Sorry for pronouncing your name completely wrong. To the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. And I think, and I think he just couldn't recognize where the football was. Or he didn't know where his uh, assignment was supposed to be. We gave him three years. I mean, I think we gave him, yeah, we gave him two years. And we gave him a chance. But he just didn't know how to do it. But I do think that wasn't really his fault. Our coaching staff that we released last year, which probably what saved Dan Campbell's uh, career in Detroit after they went in one and six, is to get rid of that coach for for our, for our cornerbacks and safeties. So probably one of those things that you didn't want to do in the middle of the year, but if if the Ford family is going to say it's either that guy or you, and you have to do that job, that's part about being the big boss man. So we did do pretty good. So we got C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He missed five games. He came from the Eagles. Uh, total touches, 67. Solo, solo tackles, 61. He has six assists, one sack. Six interceptions and of a total of 54 yards. So he totaled about nine yards after the interception. Now, saying that, that's what you're going to have to do. Just going to have to go after players that are going to make your defense better. Our defense is probably the weakest link. And our cornerbacks and safeties are going to need the most help. Because if you can get cornerbacks and safeties do their assignment you make life 75 percent easier for the defense line guys and when you have good safeties and cornerbacks what can you do you can blitz if you don't have good cornerbacks and good safeties 
you can't blitz. You have to play a chess game where the offensive coordinator and the offensive players on the other team. And if you can't make your stops and three and outs, your defense line is going to get awfully tired. All right? It's a true story. So we also got from Pittsburgh is Cameron Sutton. Now, he's a developing player. Uh, I think Pittsburgh was losing his patience with him. But uh, he had 43 total touches, 35 solo tackles, 8 assists, and then 0 sacks, 0 forced fumbles, 0 fumble recoveries. But he did have 3 interceptions with 28 yards, so 8.7 after the interception. That's going to be improvement. He needs to have a good year in Detroit. He really does. I think uh I think that the question mark really is this young man, Emmanuel Mosley, who was hurt for the San Francisco Giants. San Francisco 49ers. Here I'm thinking about baseball. I'm actually watching baseball as I as I talk. So so Emmanuel Mosley has got twenty two total touches. 18 solo tackles, four assists, and one interception for 41 yards before he got hurt. So, at least we're going in the right direction. I really think that we're going in the right direction. I think if you're going to have a football team and you're in your third year of your contract and your name is Mr. Campbell or the rest of the defense or offense coordinators, you're going to have to have a good year. I'm very confident of our offensive coordinator and our offensive coaches as of right now. But time will tell. Now, we're, we are receiving an old Detroit Lions player. He's coming back. Mr. Marvin Jones Jr. I think he's a good slot receiver or third or fourth option. Maybe this third option. I don't think you can make him the fourth option because if you make him the fourth option, you're gonna get sacked. So if you're golf, you're gonna have I mean if you're if you're Martin if you're Marvin Jones Jr., you better get on the same page of Jared Goff as soon as possible because who knows? If you don't get on the same page, you might lose your job. I don't want to say that. He he's one of Detroit Lions' favorite players right now because of the with the time with the Matthew Stafford and being teammate or Calvin Johnson, he's kind of that that guy that you kind of hope he does well. So, all right. So let's talk about the actual draft. So Detroit's got two first-round draft picks, the number six and 18. They got one round two draft pick for 48. They got one round three, and it's the 81st pick. 
They got two round fives. One's from Atlanta. So I don't know why we gave up somebody for the fifth round. Should have got at least the third or fourth pick. So we got two fifth round draft picks, 152 and 159, and one round six uh, at 183. And I think we got the uh, the number 18 from – no, actually, we got the number six pick from from the Rams. All right, so what does Detroit need? I'm going to say this. I think Detroit should really go after my main man from Georgia. I think this is why I wanted this kid. Well, I there's different reasons. Well, I think, well, okay, here we go. So Jalen Carter from Georgia. This is the kid I kind of want. Because this will free up the defensive line for the defense coordinator to use to utilize Aiden Hutchinson at his best. Now, I'm going to go and talk about the stats of Mr. Jalen Carter first. 2022, 32 total touches, 16 solid tackles. 16 assists, three sacks, two forced fumbles, 2001, a little bit more, 37 total touches, 17 solo tackles, 20 assists, three solo, three sacks, and zero forced fumbles. But I think this could be a steal. Because, because, you already got yourself a couple of cornerbacks and a safety that you found in at free agent at free agency this last year. Okay. And by doing this, by grabbing Jalen Carter, you're gonna utilize Hutchinson to be a better he's gonna be a better player. He's going to understand the second year what he's going to do. I would, I would move Hutchinson everywhere, inside the defense line, as a linebacker, an extra linebacker, for a certain place. I really think he's that smart, and I think that he probably is going to be a captain in two years for Detroit. If he stays in Detroit. Now, nothing's guaranteed. So, this is why it's very important for Detroit to have a good year. Because if he's going into his third year and Detroit's taking four steps back, you know, I'm not sure he's going to have enough patience to stay in Detroit. He's a Detroit guy. He's from Michigan. And that's what we love about him. I did think when he was at Michigan... And when he came out of the draft, coming into the draft, I did think he was small and maybe not quick enough, but I was totally wrong. So I've given Aiden Hutchinson props. By watching him play last year with Detroit, man, this kid's got so much potential. I mean, I just, 
I wish I was the defensive coordinator. There would be just so much stuff for him to do. So much. I just think that he just understands football, and he just loves it. He just, I, and he kind of reminds me of, he reminds me of Chris Spearman, a real football guy, a guy that gets it. And I know Chris is a, Spearman was a linebacker. And I know Hutchinson's a little bit too big to be an everyday linebacker. But depending on the, the, depending on the team that you play against, you can really use them to do that. Now, this is what Detroit probably is going to do. They're going to look at someone like Joey Porter from Penn State. I'm going to give you his stats. He's got, in 2022, he's got 27 total touches, 21 solo tackles, 8 assists, 0 sacks, 0 forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. In 2021, he had a lot more stuff going on for him. He had 51 total touches, 40 solo tackles, 11 assists. Not much difference right there from being on the football field more. One forced fumble, one f- f- and zero full of fumble recoveries, and zero sacks. So you got to question yourself what's going on here. All right, so I kind of like this kid. But again, you know, I don't always like the fact that we go after cornerbacks and safeties in the first round. Sometimes that doesn't pan out so well. And a lot of times I think these guys don't make it. But... We got Mr. Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. He's got 22, 2022. He's got 51 total touches, 35 solid tackles, 16 assists, and four interceptions. So he, so he knows how to play the field. He knows where the f- football is going to be. He understands how to. He he understands coverage, basically, or he understands his assignment. In 2021, he's got 53 total touches, 42 solo tackles, 11 assists, and zero rest of the board. So zero sacks, zero forced fumbles, zero forced fumble recoveries, and... He has zero interceptions, okay? But by my understanding, there's a lot of talk about Detroit might go in this direction. Now, there is another guy that wasn't really impressed at all, and I didn't even write his stats down. Is It's Lucas Van Ness, and to tell you the truth, when I was looking at his stats and the teams that he was playing against it wasn't impressive at at all based on yeah I I just didn't really I just don't really like him I mean I just don't want to be a jerk about it but I just don't feel that's necessary so 
So let's let's look at let's look at these quarterbacks that Detroit might be looking at. And I think this is going to what's going to happen is this. I think they're going to go after a safety or a cornerback. And maybe I should really finish talking about the defensive bad guys before I go to the quarterbacks, just to make it fair. So <clears throat> we've got Deontay Banks from Maryland. Last year, he had 38 total touches. 25 solo tackles, 13 assists, and 0.5 sacks. So he had a half a sack, and he only had one interception. It's the Big Ten. A lot of times the Big Ten is, you know, they play a lot of weaker teams, and they only play one or two good teams in the Big Ten. Uh, Not doing this kid a lot of favor, I don't. I don't, I'm not really sure about him. But we're also looking at this kid named Brian Brees from Clemson. And he's got, in 2022, he's got 15 total touchdowns, nine sacks, no, nine solo tackles, six assists, 3.5 sacks, and then zero across the board. Forced fumble, fumble recovery, zero interceptions. Their interceptions are not a big deal for defense line guys. But he does have, in 22, let's say 20, 22, 21. No, I'm sorry. So the year before that, he's got 23 total touchdown touches. I'm getting tired, as you can tell. Uh, he's got 13 solid tackles. He's got 10 assists. He's got 1.5 sacks. And he's got one interception for a defensive line guy. Or defensive end. He's a, this guy is a defensive end. Deontay Banks is a defensive back guy. So, saying that, you know, I went through all these players from Jalen Carter from Georgia, Joy Porter from Penn State. I think Detroit should go for two guys for this. First round is possible. Go for Jalen Carter because you can utilize Hutchinson really in the best ability as possible. Or you should go maybe for Christian Gonzalez because. His stats look phenomenal back to back. From 2022 to 2021, he looks like he's the most capable starter if he has to start football right away. If if he has to be a starter. All right. Let's talk about this dream stuff. What Detroit might do is this. They might go for a quarterback. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure why they would because because it sounds crazy. It really does. Because you got Jared Goff. And Jared Goff has proved himself 
to be a decent quarterback again in the NFL. Like he wasn't, for some reason, the Rams gave up on this guy. And I think Matthew Stafford was a good fit for the Rams because he's got a stronger arm, a faster faster speed, more velocity. But it, I don't really think that's a big deal. To me, it's not a big deal. All right. As you can tell, Jared Goff uh, turned it on in the second year. His favorite receiver, in my opinion, was Hawkinson. We traded him. I think that's part of the reason why we didn't even make the playoffs. Because if we had Hawkinson, he was Jared Goff's go-to guy on third down and sevens and third down and eights. And, yeah. So, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Mr. Anthony Richardson from Florida. He had, last year he had 176 completions for 327 yards, 2,549 total yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and then on the, using his feet, he had 654 yards. So by what CBS and ESPN is explaining is that this guy is a really great athlete. He he did really well at the NFL Colorbine. Uh He is an outstanding athlete. He has great velocity. Uh, he has a good touch to his passing, so he can throw deep and he can throw short, which is really important for quarterbacks. Some quarterbacks, like Lamar Jackson from Baltimore, he has a strong arm, but he doesn't have a good touch for like those easy 10-yard passes or something that's going to be softer. Like I think Mahomes has got great touch. Tom Brady just retired, had great touch. Uh, you know, Drew Brees retired a couple more years before. He had a great touch. John Elway in the eighties and early in the eighties and the early nineties had a great touch. So this kid's got a good touch. Supposedly he's got a great touch. Uh he has a little problem with accuracy and timing the passes. So a lot of passes are based on uh, timing routes. So that means when you're on a timing route, that means your receiver is running a route. And when the receiver gets to a certain point in that route, you're supposed to have the ball in the air. So by the time that the Receiver turns around, the football is right in his hands. So he has little problems with that. They also say that he has little problems with his fundamental stance, his feet. So that means that his feet are everywhere. They're not directly at where he's going to throw the football. And when you don't have your feet set, you're going to underpass, you're going to underthrow the football, or you're going to overthrow the football. And if you overthrow the football, and there's safeties and defensive end, I mean, defense backs guys back there, 
he might throw interceptions. And it looks like by what I'm saying here, he had nine interceptions. So that's not good. So do I think Detroit has a chance to get this guy? Probably not. But do I think Detroit should get this guy? No. I think that this guy is in the third round. I would grab him in I would grab him in the third round. But at the first two rounds, no. All right. But CBS says CBS is telling me that that this guy is Detroit's best chance to get as a quarterback. And his name is Will Lewis out of Kentucky. And Mr. Lewis is a big kid, along with Anthony Anthony Richardson. So this kid has got 102 attempts, 2,826 total yards in the air, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, which is very questionable. He has 376 total rushing yards, and it seems as though he's got nine touchdowns, which is amazing to me, I guess, for being a quarterback that's that tough. They say this kid's tough. So they also tell me this kid's got good velocity. He's got a messed up sidearm. This is something, this is a pet peeve for me. Please stop throwing the football sidearm. It doesn't work. It looks fancy. It works for some quarterbacks. But if you throw the ball sidearm and you're in the pocket or running out of the pocket, the defensive line guys will slap slap the ball down or slap the ball down. So please don't do that. Please stop doing that. For the love of God, please stop. So, but they do say he's got good, he's got, they say he's got a good body position or his, his stance or his feet underneath them are square. So they say that he's, he sets himself up to, to throw good passes when he needs to. He's good with his feet. He knows how to square towards where he's going to throw the football. So he's a little ahead of schedule over Richardson on that subject. He does have problems with field vision as well. And his anticipate his anticipating where to throw the football or the play is a learning behavior, along with Richardson, along with a lot of rookie quarterbacks. They don't understand how much faster the defensive bad guys are or the cornerbacks are. So you have to learn how to anticipate where you're going to throw the football before the wide receiver turns around and grabs the football. So that's something that he's going to have to work on. So there you have it. I almost lost my mind here, folks.
I tried to do this three separate times. And by my third time, I got it right on this podcast. So if you like the NFL draft and if you love the Detroit Lions, please listen to my podcast. And uh, thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre podcast show. Thank you, everybody that's out there uh, who's listening to this. I like to thank Buzzsprout for distributing my podcast to the whole world. Uh, I would like to thank Apple Podcasts, Spotify for for having my podcast on their platforms. Um, I hope everyone has a good day. I hope everybody enjoys the NFL draft tomorrow. Or if you're listening to it tomorrow, today, or whatever. Uh, thank you. And come back again and tell other people to listen to this podcast. Thanks.